Adrestam Neva experienced. Ashrutam Neva had. Cha and Atra in this life. Pavichit at same time. Manasi in the mind. Drishyate is visual. Yatha yes. Tatha accordingly. Anumantavyam to be understood. Desha place. Kal time. Kriya activity. Ashrayam depending on. Sometimes in a dream we see something never experienced or heard of in this life. But all these incidents have been experienced at different times, in different places and in different conditions. So this is the translation. Repeat after me. Sometime in a dream, we, some, we see something never experienced or heard of in this life. But all these incidents have been experienced at different times, in different places, in different conditions. In the previous verse, it was explained that in dreams we see that which was experienced during the day. But why is that we sometimes in our dreams see what we have never heard of or even seen at the time during in this life? Here it is stated that even though such events might not be experienced in this life, that experienced in previous lives, according to time and circumstances, they combine so that in dreams we see something wonderful that we have never experienced. For instance, we might see an ocean on the peak of a mountain, or we may see that ocean has dried up. There is simply a combination of different experiences in time and space. Sometimes we may see a golden mountain, and this is due to our having experienced gold and mountain separately. In the dream, our, under illusion, we combine these separate factors. In this way, we will be able to see golden mountains or stars during the day. The conclusion is that they are all mental concoctions. Although they have actually been experienced in different circumstances, they are simply combined together in a dream. This fact is further explained in the following verse. Hare Krishna. So this is talking about dreams. How dreams happens. Dreams is basically in today's technology if you think that we take snapshots of different things and then we put it all together and then we are dreaming they all come together. So if you are trying to actually get something done like that you have to understand that you can only put the pictures that are already there. So whatever we see in our dreams, we have already experienced. It might not be only in this lifetime, it might not be during the day, but it could be from previous lifetime. For example, sometimes we dream that we are flying. Right? How many of you had dreams like we have been flying? Right? So what does this mean? It means that you might have been a yogi in a previous life. Or you, who knows, you might be in a bed in a previous life. You know, And that impression that impression is still there and you are flying like that. 
So those impression goes again and again, it stays in the mind. Or sometimes you see you are being attacked by a tiger. Right? So it hasn't happened in this lifetime. It might have happened somewhere in previous lifetime. You must have, it might have been a deer and have been attacked by a tiger. Who knows, you know. So all this impression, even you might have an impression in a dog, when you are, you are in the body of a dog, that impression carries forward and sometimes that's why all this combination makes it very weird. Sometimes you are a particular character and then halfway through your dream you change to something else. It's all basically a hot pot of what's, basically that's what dream is. So dream is basically whatever is in the mind. So when you go unconscious, you know, so how does it carry forward? Question is that we, do, we give our body up when we die, right? But then how can we still have things that are in our, from, we remember things from our previous life. So there are two types of body, the gross body and the subtle body. The gross body is finished at the time of death, but the subtle body which is a combination of mind, intelligence, ego, that actually carries forward. So whatever you have in your, did in your previous bodies, in different bodies, in previous, whatever impression you had, that carries forward in the mind. Mind is the biggest thing. If you can control your mind, everything is fixed. So the desires of the mind at the time of death determines what type of body you're going to get in your next life. So by looking, studying one's mind, one can understand what they were in their previous life. And by studying the mind, you can also understand what they're going to become in their next life. So that's how powerful mind is. So the question is, how do you control this mind? So the first thing you have to understand that we are not this mind. We are not this body, neither are we the mind. We are a spirit soul. So you have to understand that if you are not this mind, then you don't hear to the mind. You start neglecting the mind. The mind wants this then you try to actually understand, reason it out. Is it good for you? Is it good for you spiritually? Is it good for the soul? Because you are the soul. Mind wants to eat this, mind wants to have that, mind wants to actually enjoy in different ways. So you have to control your mind. You have to understand that whatever you do, it has to be beneficial for the soul. Otherwise, you're going to only come back again and again in this material world. The more you let your mind free, the worse it gets, the deeper you get into this material world. So Yamraj has very expertly um, created 8.4 million ways of punishing the mind. These are the 8.4 different types of bodies you can have. And according to your desire, it puts you in a particular body. According to what your mind desires at the time of death, it puts a body. So before you give your body, you have to select another body. How many of you seen a caterpillar? Right? When they go from one leaf to another leaf, they go, they grab onto the other leaf and they only leave this one once they have got hold of the other one. So similarly, when we are about to leave our body, we decide what our next body will be before we give this. Ah. So, and how it is determined? Basically, what are the desires are. So we have to purify our mind. That's the most important thing. And how do you purify your mind? 
first thing you understand you are not the mind you are the spirit soul the second thing is they have association of devotees this is the most powerful thing by having association of devotees who have realized already that they are a spirit soul they are not this mind by watching them by actually listening from them you can understand who you are so the principal point is that we are servant of krishna we are a spirit so we are very minute we are 1/10000 size of the tip of the hair that's how small we are but we are meant to serve krishna so whatever we do we try to actually connect to krishna so if our mind wants to go here and there you start connecting to krishna and then once you start connecting then you can see everything in relation to krishna right if you understand how the material world is created the material universe is created it's coming from brahman what is brahman brahman is the effulgence that's coming from the lord what is the effulgence it's the quality of krishna so if the material world is created from brahman which is the quality of krishna then we should understand that whatever is in this material world is also qualities of krishna so if you train your mind to see things like that whatever is there is in relation to krishna then you can start seeing krishna everywhere we see every living entity as a soul we don't see them as a body we, if they are doing something wrong then you understand that the soul is not doing it it's just the mind is taking them on a right because of their material desires so the soul is not at fault it's just by the association it's by what it, it has done before you know so this association is very powerful whatever you, if you associate with somebody who is a drunkard you eventually become one people who smoke if you associate with them you start smoking the people who drink same thing you know so if you associate with devotees who have surrendered their life to krishna who have surrendered their mind at the lotus feet of krishna then slowly and slowly your mind also gets there the nature of the mind is that it accepts and rejects whether i like it or i don't like it if it likes it will accept it doesn't like it one day it likes something next day doesn't like you know today it wants rasgulla tomorrow it wants rasmalai right is the same thing same mind same situation but the mind is always choosing i want this i want that today you want something tomorrow it's a different thing right this is the nature of the mind so what we have to do is by intelligence we have to create a situation where the mind can only choose from things that is favorable to krishna consciousness so mind likes to eat so you have to teach the mind you can't eat anything you only can have krishna prasadam yes you can choose whether you want uh, rasgulla prasadam or rasmalai prasadam right but it has to be prasadam so you have to actually get your mind to work in that way slowly slowly you have to train your mind and once the mind gets trained then you can this is the good thing about mind it can be trained but you have to be persistent you have to be patient as well it's not going to happen while you are doing japa you are doing you know one round you did nicely the next thing the mind has gone away you know, right so you have to bring the mind back and you keep doing that eventually will come to a time when your mind can come under uh, control and it can only desire 
So you have to become your mind, get your mind to Krishna consciousness to that level that Krishna steals your mind. And when your mind is stolen, then you don't have any control. It's just like the gopis, you know. The only thing they can see, think, see, think, hear, you know, whatever they're doing is only about Krishna. And when you get to the level, then our life becomes. So instead of having material mind, then we have a spiritual mind. What we have to understand is that whatever way you have here, it's the same thing in the spiritual world. This world is a reflection of Right. It's not that when you go to the spiritual world, everything changes. You also have a mind there. You also have intelligence there. Right? You have ego there, but it's true ego. Right? It's a spiritual knowledge there. You understand who you are, who Krishna is, what is your relationship with Krishna. You know what your mind is. Your mind attaches to Krishna in saving him and his devotees. Right? You still have a body there. Right? Krishna has the body, Yashoda Maya has the bodies. They do the same thing. Krishna, Yashoda Maya cooks there. She gets up in the morning, she milks the cow. She uses cow dung to cook or heat the milk for Krishna or cook for Krishna. It's the same thing we do here. The only thing, difference is that there everything is in relation to Krishna. Whatever they do, they do only to please Krishna. Here we try to do the same thing but please our mind. So that's what we have to change. Eventually come to the stage where we can actually go back to our original self, Siddha Deya, where we can be eternally at the lotus feet of Krishna, saving him with love and devotion. So today is also a very special day. It's a disappearance day of... Appearance day. Appearance day of... Vrindadan, Vrindavan, Sthakur. Okay, so who is Vrindavan Dastakur? He is in Krishna Lila, he is Vedvyas. Right, so he is Vedvyas and in Gauri Lila, he is Vrindavan Dastakur. So he wrote this book, Chaitanya Bhagavat. Initially, I think it was called Chaitanya Mangal, and then later on, somebody else wrote with the same book and it was changed to Chaitanya Bhagavat. Who is he? A little, uh, just a little description of his birth. Um, Srivas Thakur, we every day we chant Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita Gadada, Sivas Adi. Sivas, right? So Sivas is one of the brothers. Narayani is his daughter. So Vrindavan Thakur's mom is, mother is Narayani. And this Narayani was a very special person. She used to stay with Srivas Thakur. And when she was four years old, one day Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says that, he was trying to say that his, what he has come to give, this Krishna Prem, he is prepared to give it to everybody. There is no restriction. So he asked Narayani, hey Narayani, come here, chant Hare Krishna and be steady and Narayani, this four-year-old girl, started chanting, Krishna, Krishna, and started, tears started coming from her eyes, started rolling on the ground and she was in so much anesthesia. And the special, another special thing about this Narayani was that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would take prasadam and his remnants, he would personally give it to her. So, Vrindavan Thakur, Vrindavan Thakur, he is basically 
He says, I am the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the remnants of that. Right. So, this is Vindaman Thakur. You're going to get a lot of articles about him, you can read about him. But what I was thinking today, to read something from Chaitanya Bhagavad, right? Because, and then I was thinking, what should I read? And I was thinking about one thing in devotional service we have to be most careful of. Just like they say, when you are walking on the path of material life, right? You are walking on a royal road. You know what a royal road is? It's wide. You can close your eyes and you still walk and you don't tumble and fall, right? But when you are walking on the line of devotional service, then you are walking on a razor blade. A little slip and you can cut yourself. And one of the worst things or one of the most, one of the things that we have to be most careful on our spiritual life is? Vaishnava Prabhupada. So I was thinking, you know, what would be a nice way to actually describe this? So, I had just finished reading this and one thing I thought would be nice to actually read is the pastimes about Gadadhar Pandit, Medi, Pundrik, Pindalini. You know who Gadadhar is, right? We chant his name every day. And who is Pundrik Vidyayanidhi? Who is he in Krishna Leela? Brijbhanu Maharaj, father of Radharani. And in this pastime, he accepts initiation from him. So Pundrik Vidyanadi was a very great devotee of Krishna. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to cry for him. So rather than telling, I'm going to read, I'll stop once in a while just to actually emphasize the point I'm trying to make. And otherwise it will be reading for about 10-15 minutes. Gadadhar Pandit means Pundrik Vidyanadi. Madhyakan chapter 7. The ocean of all transcendental qualities, Lord Chaitanya is the most graceful dancer. He is the Chintamani gem, fulfilling everyone's desire through his divine intervention. Even though I am without qualification, that rarest gem, devotional service unto his lotus feet, has been given to me. All glories to Lord God Chandra the most beloved object of Advaita Acharya and Lord Nityananda, and the life and soul of every living entity. He sustains life in Sri Jagadanda Pandit and Sri Garba. All glories to the crown jewel of the heart of Sri Pundrik Vidyanidhi. May the Supreme Lord, God Chandra, who is the Lord and Master of Jagai and Jagdish and Gopinath, be glorified along with all his dear devotees. Gaurachandra continue, continued to perform his aesthetic pastimes with Nityanand in Navadi. All the Vaishnavas accompanied Advaita Acharya, who led them in grand aesthetic dancing and chanting of the holy name of Lord Krishna. Lord Nityananda Prabhu resided in Srinivas Pandit house and constantly expected the mood of a young boy. When he sat down to eat, he would not feed himself, but acted like a young boy. Thus Malini, Srinivas, Srivas, uh, Pandit's wife would have to feed him. So the mood of Nityananda Prabhu was that of a cowhead boy. When he was in Vrindavan, he was a little boy. And he acted like that, even though he was much, much older. He was an adult. So when he was in the house of Srivast Thakur, he always behaved like as a little boy. And he won't even feed himself. So Malini, the wife of Srivast Thakur, 
she would personally feed him now here pundit vidya nidhi's arrival in navadeep pundit pundrika prabhu was a very dear associate of sri krishna but the lord's arrangement he appeared in a village of chatrakam in east bengal purifying that land however the lord himself appeared in navadeep in the absence of pundit vidya nidhi he said she shied heavily feeling deep separation one day after aesthetic dancing the lord sat down explaining my oh my father pundrika and began to cry oh pundrika oh my father when will i see when i'll be able to see you again such was the extent of the lord's affection for pundrika vidyanidhi in this way lord gorachandra revealed his intimate associates by proclaiming his wonderful pastime so chaitanya mahaprabhu used to do that when he wanted to actually um, and actually ask for some when some of his pure devotees were coming he would explain to them like this just like when nitanand was coming he was he told them beforehand that he was coming all the devotees surrounding the lord were unable to properly appreciate the name gorchandra continued to report repeat and why tears constantly flowed from his eyes they conjectured that pundrik naturally implied krishna and vidyanidhi could have many different explanation however no one understood that this person was a very confidential associate of the lord finally when the lord came out trance the devotees asked dear lord for whom are you weeping kindly reveal who he is his birth and his activities tell us lord so why we might have to have the good of fortune of knowing him the lord replied since you desire to hear about him you are certainly fortunate His activities and characters are most wonderful. The whole world can be purified by simply hearing his name. His static appearance is almost like an ordinary man. Therefore, no one can recognize him as a pure devotee of the Lord. So, Pundrik Vidya Nidhi, one thing you have to understand is that you have, should have faith in the scriptures. When the scriptures say something, you should believe this. And he says that, actually, Ved Vyas or Vrindavan Das Thakur says that by just hearing his name, the whole world could be purified. Right? So if you hear his name, if you chant his name, if you know about him, you know how, how much purified he can be. This highly named Skoli Brahman was born in Chatragram. He, he has strictly executed the prescribed religious principles and is respected by everyone. He always floats in the nectarian ocean of love of Krishna and his body always displays various ecstatic symptoms such as crying and horripilation. He never goes for oblation in the Ganga to cleanse himself of sin like everyone else for who will not enter her water since he avoids touching her with his feet. You see how glorious his devotee is. He doesn't even go to Ganga to bath because we go to Ganga to get rid of our sin. and he won't even do that he won't even touch the water of ganga with his feet however he comes to see and pray her, pray her his respect to her every day in the evening when the teeming crowds say all have gone he cannot bear to see mother ganga disrespected and utilized by people who spit upon her clean their mouth with her holy water and wash their hair in dirty clothes in her thus he prefers to come to her in the evening when there is no one around Another wonderful characteristic of Pundit Vidyanidhi is that he always drinks Ganga water 
before washing, before worshiping the Lord and performing all his daily prescribed religious duties. Thereby he demonstrated the greatness of Mother Ganga to all the puffed up scholars. So we should learn from this house, we should respect that, you know. We should not just enter with our feet in the Ganga first, we should take, you know, if you have to take bath, pray to her, beg for forgiveness, put some water on your head and then enter the, and enter the Ganga order. He is personally, he is personally in Chatrakam, but he is soon coming to Navdeep where he also has a house. None of you will be able to recognize him. As on first sight, you would be inclined to think he is an ordinary materialistic person. I am very anxious to see him. So all of you must pray and endeavor to bring him here very quickly. Talking about Pundit Vidyana, Nidhi threw the Lord into an aesthetic trance and he began to weep, saying, Oh my father Pundrika, the Lord lamented loudly for only he could understand the greatness of such a pure Vaishnava. Through the Lord's mercy only can the wonderful and unique position of a pure devotee be revealed. When the Supreme Personality of God Himself wishes to attract a living being, the living entity must respond. Thus, Pundit Vidyanandi suddenly decided to go to Navdi. After making suitable arrangements, he came to Navdi with many disciples. In Navdi, he remained in disguise, and all the ordinary men considered him a lavish materialistic attest to a life of comfort and self enjoyment. With the exception of Mukunda, no one amongst the Vaishnavas knew about Pundrik Vidyanidhi, arrival in Navadi. Sri Mukunda was an Ayurvedic Brahman doctor who was also born in Chatrakam. Thus, he knew about the wonderful Vaishnava qualities of Pundrik Vidyanidhi. When Mukunda found out that he was in Navadi, he was so overwhelmed that it was difficult for him to control himself. However, Mukunda did not reveal Pundrik Vidyanidhi's identity to anyone. Thus, Pundrik remained a materialistic self-enjoyer. In the eyes of ordinary folks, only Mukunda and his brother Vasudevdatta knew about the intensity of Pundrik's love for Krishna. So another thing he learned from here is that we should not judge people by their looks. You know, you never know what kind of a devotee are they, what their thing is. So it's best to be respectable to everybody. Gadadhar Pandit and Mukunda were very dear friends and always kept each other's company. Mukunda thus told Gadadhar Pandit, Listen carefully, Gadadhar. A very great devotee has come to Navadip. You have been hankering for the association of pure Vaishnavas and today your desire will be fulfilled. I'll take you to see a wonderful Vaishnava devotee. In return for this, I simply want you to think of me as your dear servant. The excited and happy Gadadhar Pandit called out the name of Krishna as they proceeded toward the great Vaishnavas residence with Mukunda. Arriving there, they found Puntagridhananda sitting comfortably. Gadadhar offered his obeisances and was respectfully, respectfully seated. Vidyanandi inquired from Mukunda, what is his name? And from which village does he come? I can see that his body is effulgence due to rendering devotional service to the Supreme Person, Lord Vishnu. Both his form and anima are extremely wonderful. His name is Srikadadar, Mukunda replied. He is a very fortunate he is very fortunate because from early childhood he has been totally detached from family life. In his external material identity, he is the son of a Brahman Simadava Mishra. 
since he is absorbed in devotional service is only associated with Vaish- he only associates with vaishnavas and he is extremely dear to all the devotees when he heard about you he was anxious to meet you after hearing the wonderful qualities of gadadhar pandit pundrik vidyanidhi was very pleased to meet him the great personality he pundrik vidyanidhi said like a prince His beautiful bed was made of wood covered with intricate brass and reddish stones in live oak above it was three tiers of ornamented drapes made of glittering brocade cloth he was seated on a soft mattress covered with clean expensive sheets and silk pillows were placed under his back on other side of him many small and large pots water pots set within his reach as well as a nice shining brass plate with neatly prepared bit pan upon it two large oval mirrors hang on other side of him into which he com- continuously glanced was smiling with lips reddened with chewing pan he wore sandalwood paste tilak mark upon his forehead and his face was decorated with dots made from the mixture of sandalwood and perfume for his hair it was well groomed and shining with deli- delicately perfumed hair so he looked like a very materialistic person you know he was just like a prince sitting there nicely decorated even mirrors on the side looking on the side just to see his reflection you know as he was enjoying the pan two persons stood behind him fanning him gently with long peacock feathers and in front of him was a nicely prepared hammock as he followed a life of pure devotional service he looked like as charming as stupid himself those who did not know him who consider him a prince as everything about him and around him gave the impression that he was a man of a easy and comfortable life given to pleasure when gadadhar pandit so this is the point i am trying to drive right when gadadhar pandit saw this luxurious atmosphere and a general atmosphere of materialistic life he became suspicious since gadadhar was a fully renounced soul from his soul from his early childhood naturally some doubts regarding the character of pundrik vidyanidhi entered his heart he thought what sort of a vaishnava is he surrounded by so much finery and lavishing lavish living hearing about his devotional mood i developed great respect for this person but now upon seeing him it is slowly giving away to doubt and doubt and suspicion right so he's just thinking about it it's only in the mind we are talking about mind today right and then you have to understand okay let's read further mukunda understood the mind and heart of gadadhar pandit and thus he took it upon himself to reveal the true nature of pundrik vidyanidhi by the special mercy of lord krishna gadadhar pandit would be allowed to perceive everything nothing would remain unknown to him in a very sweet voice mukunda began to sing a verse from the shrimad bhagavatam describing the glories of devotional service alas how shall i take shelter of one more merciful than he who, he who granted the position of mother to the sea demon putna putna was unfaithful and always angry for the blood of human being human children with that design mind she prepared deadly poison to be sucked from a breast and came to kill krishna but because he offered the breast to the lord she attained the greatest achievement so this is the pastime from krishna leela where putna comes to kill krishna so even though she has ill intentions she wants to kill krishna 
But Krishna does not see the bad qualities in him. See, when we actually see something bad in a person, it is not that the quality is bad in them. Actually, the quality is bad in you. Because you only can see what you have, what is in you. So if you see that some person is not nice, basically you should think that that niceness is not in you. Right? So Krishna does not see like that because he is perfect, he is pure, he is good. So he does not see the bad quality in a person. He only sees the good side of it. And what he saw, that she is like my mother. She came and he gave the position of her mother. So as soon as these words concerning devotional service entered his ears, Pundit began to weep. Tears of ecstatic love welled up in his eyes, rolling down his face profusely like streams of the Ganga. Simultaneously, all the symptoms of ecstatic manifestation was present. He wept, tumbled, rolled, horripilated, roared, and finally fell into an unconscious state of ecstasy. And then suddenly regaining consciousness, he said in a loud voice, Speak, speak! and again fell down to the ground. Agitated with spiritual emotion, he kicked everything that was near him, all, and all the luxury paraphernalia went crashing to the ground. The shining brass of pots of water, the container of bitter palm, pillows, bedsheet, everything, everything became a confused jumble. He began tearing his fine clothes, and his well-groomed hair went away as he wept and rolled in the dust. He cried that, Oh Krishna, my Lord, my soul, my very life, you have made me hard-hearted like a stone. He lamented loudly, piteously crying out, I have been deprived of the Lord's association in his most merciful incarnation. He rolled around and crushed down to the ground. Everyone afraid was afraid he might break his bones. He trembled so violently that three patients could not hold him down. He kicked everything that was in his way. As his disciple stood up helplessly, unable to control him. In this way, the storm aesthetic love continued until he finally abetated and he fell into an unconscious state of bliss. He lay down without breathing, totally submerged in an ocean of spiritual ecstasy. Amazed at what he has witnessed, Kadadhar Pandit began to worry, thinking, what inauspiciousness has overcome me to make me think in such an offensive manner about this great personality. He embraced Mukenda, being extremely pleased with him, drenching him with his tears of love. He said, Mukunda, you have acted like a true friend. You have shown me a pure and unalloyed devotee of the Lord. It would be difficult to find another pure Vaishnava like him anywhere in this entire creation. One can, one can become totally purified simply by observing, observing his devotional attitude. So this is Sadhu Sangha. One can become totally purified simply by observing his devotional attitude. Today, because you are right next to me, I have been able to avoid a great catastrophe. When I saw all the luxurious paraphernalia surrounding Puntikvidhanita, I was convinced that it was, he was a materialistic Vaishnava given to the pleasure of life. You could read my mind and being a great luminous soul, you have revealed to me the unlimited extent of Pundit-Vidyanadi's love of Krishna. Yet today I have been offensive and the extent of my offense can only be mitigated by your mercy. You must be merciful to me and purify my heart. All the devotees who have surrendered to the Lord by the process of devotional service have accepted the shelter and instruction of a guide. 
Yet I do not have such instructor, so I have decided to take shelter of Pundit Nidhi and follow devotional service under his guidance. I shall contradict all my offenses of him by becoming his disciple. So the point is just he thought about it. Just in his mind came those impure things about a pure devotee. And he understood how offenses, how offensive it is. Because mind is thinking, feeling and willing. You think about it, you contemplate on it, you know, you feel it and then finally end up doing it. So before we get to the next stage, as soon as you think, if it is something wrong, wrong, you should get rid of it. So when you even think something wrong about a Vaishnava, you should ask for forgiveness, even though that person might not, uh, not even un- know that you have been thinking about it. We do, we think most of the time that when we talk about Vaishnavas, we only think about other people outside our house. We also have Vaishnavas with us, your wife, your children, your kids, they're all Vaishnavas, if they're chanting, they're Vaishnavas. So we should be careful how we deal with them as well. Thus Gadadhar Pandit revealed to Mukunda his desire to become a disciple of Pundit Vidyanidhi. Mukunda was extremely pleased with the decision and patted him on the back, saying, Very good, very good. Pundit Vidyanidhi was in a state of aesthetic evolution for six hours. So six hours he was in ecstasy. Gradually he returned to his normal state and sat down quietly. It was impossible for Gadadhar Pandit to control the tears of joy, which rolled profusely down his face wetting his entire body. When Sri Vidyanidhi saw him, he embraced Gadadhar Pandit, holding him to his heart. Overwhelmed by Pandit Vidyanidhi's aesthetic devotion, Gadadhar was unable to speak. Mukunda spoke up, revealing Gadadhar Pandit's mind. Doubt arose in Gadadhar's mind. He, saw, he faced so your extravagant appearance and surrounding. But now he is re- repentant and wants to accept initiation from you. He is a renounced devotee of the Lord, although he is young, he is mature in spiritual realization and comes from a very good family of Sri Madhav Mishra. From early childhood he has been attached to the Supreme Lord. I think this is a very good match. The most elevated spiritual master such as Puntagvidyanidhi, having an equally able disciple like Gadadhar Pandit. Please consider these points and choose an auspicious day to initiate him with his Diksha Mantra. So Gadadhar Pandit is Radharani and Pundit Vidyanadi is his father Vishbhanu Maharaj. Pundit Vidyanadi is small and said, be assured that I will be, I will do as you request for by the Lord's mercy it is a great fortune to meet a person who is like a precious gem. Such a disciple may be found only as a result of many lifetimes of pious activities. The forthcoming 12th day of the vexing moon is very auspicious. Meet me here and then your plans will be becoming successful. Overjoyed, Gadadhar Pandit offered his obeisances and took leave of Pandit Vidyanidhi. Mukunda and Gadadhar went straight to meet Lord Gaurachandra, who happily received the news of Pandit Vidyanidhi's arrival. During the night, without being seen by anyone, Pandit Vidyanidhi left all his associates behind and came to the place of Lord Gaurachandra. As soon as he saw the Lord, he fell down like a rod, offering his obeisances to the Lord. Overwhelmed with aesthetic trance, he lay on the ground, experiencing waves of joy. Shortly afterward, he regained external consciousness and rode loudly. Then pouring scones upon himself, he began to weep, saying, Oh, my dear Krishna, you are my Lord and Father. 
I am a great offender. Please punish this work. O oh Lord, you have liberated everyone in this world. Only I have been deprived of such good fortune. Hearing his lamentation, all the assembled Vaishnavas, who immediately perceived Pundavidana to a great and elevated Vaishnava, felt greatly pain and began to cry. The Supreme Personality of God, Lord Chaitanya, is especially inclined to his pure devotees. Therefore, upon seeing his beloved devotee, he got up and embraced him. Crying, the Lord said, O oh, my father Pandit, finally I am able to see you today. The Vaishnavas were overjoyed to have the association of such an elevated devotee as Pandit Vidyanidhi, and their eyes filled with tears. So, fun, so wonderful was the scene that no pain could force possibly offer a description. So, this is a bit about Pandit Vidyanidhi and Katadhar, and the point was that basically. Just because Gadavadhar just thought about it, came into mind, he accepted it as a Vaishnava prad and he went to try his best to rectify it. And his rectification was basically just taking shelter of the and taking him as a master, a spiritual master. But a little bit more about Pandit Vidya Nidhi because we are on this topic. He was such an elevated devotee that he was in Jagannath Puri. And, uh, what is that festival they have? Where they offer these clothes to them. Usually when you actually offer clothes to them, it has to be washed. When the clothes are made, they put some kind of starch on it. Right? So there's a special festival they have for Lord Jagannath where they offer these clothes. And they don't even wash the clothes. It is full of starch. So when Putrik Vidya Nudhi was watching this, he was saying, what kind of, what are these pujaris doing, you know? How come they're doing it wrong? So when he was with uh, Sarup Damodar Das, you know, Sarup Damodar, Damodar, he is Lalita Sati in uh, Krishna Lila. So they were together, they were similar age and they were discussing and they were joking and said, what, what do these Pandits know, you know, how can they offer something to that, you know, like that. So after that, after the festival, they went home and at night, Lord Balram and Lord Jagannath, they came and they started beating him up and they saying, why do you criticize my devotees like that? Who are you to tell them? I make the festivals, they follow my festivals, who are you? And they were slapping him on both cheeks, you know, and when he woke up in the morning, his cheeks were all swollen up. So it was not like that, it was just a dream. He got physically being beaten up, right? So when the Sarupta Mother came to actually take him in the morning. He said, let's go and have darshan of Jagannath. And he said, I can't go, you know, look at my cheeks, it's swollen, you know. Then he told him the whole pastime. And Sarupta Mother said, you know, you are so fortunate that Krishna himself came to punish you, to correct you, you know. So this is some of the qualities of devotees of Krishna, you know, by hearing about them, by listening about them, you know, you can understand. Um, Vrindavan Thakur, Das Thakur's Oshupal Jiti Nityanand, Balram, Sankarshan. And if you want to know more about Nityanand, this is the book to read. When we read Chaitanya Chaitanya, the focus is more on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But if you want to understand the mercy of Nityanand, you want to actually get, because without the mercy of Nityanand, you can't get Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, Nityanand is much, much more merciful than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
So just like when Jagai and Madai were there, you know, right? And uh, Madai was the one who hit Madai, right? Madai was the one who hit uh, Nityanand. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was ready to kill him. He came with his Sudarshan check ready to kill him. And Nityanand said, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, you know you, in this life you don't kill the person, you kill his, you know, the sins, his, the ill, the wrong things that he has in his mind, you know, purify him. Right? So this is the mercy of his devotees, this is the mercy of Krishna, you know, and um, it is a very special day. He wrote this nice book. If you can get hold of it, read it, you know. Uh, whatever Krishna Das Kaviraj wrote, he, he did not elaborate too much on things that Vrindavan Das Thakur has already written. So when you read both of them, then you get a more or less a complete picture of Gaurila's pastime. Dick, any questions, any comments? So the two things, I was very clear, I understood everything, or you didn't understand anything. You know. <laughs> Thank you very much. Grantra Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Vrindavanda Thakur ki jai, Sushigavanitai ki jai, Sirada Vallava ki jai, Jagannath Baldev Subhadda Devi ki jai, Sri Prabhupada ki jai. Panchakalaptara Bhaisya Kripa Sindhi Vichapati Dhanam Pavni Vyo Vaishnavyo Namo